Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. We're looking at why is the South African National Defense Force being called upon to do the work of the South African police. There's quite a few questions to unpack here regarding the differences between the South African National Defense Force and the police. Joining us on the line now, Dr. Johan Berger, senior researcher in the Crime and Justice Program at the Institute for Security Studies. Doctor, very good afternoon to you, and thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Mark. Just, just one correction. I'm no longer with the Institute for Security Studies. I am now uh, an independent crime and policing consultant. Okay, independent crime and policing consultant. I will bear that in mind, Doctor. Thank you for clarifying that. Doctor, okay, so um, we can, let's consider the recent truck attacks and uh, the levels of crime we're dealing with in our country, cr- criminal levels beginning to overwhelm seemingly police availability to deal with crime. And why now involve the army? Yeah, this, this is nothing new, really. You know, we've seen over the years, uh, even when crime levels were much lower than we have currently have, where on occasion the military were um, called in by the president uh, in terms of, of Section 201 of the Constitution to assist the police in specific cases only, in, of course, for limited time periods. So what we have at the moment is a a... A serious situation, both in terms of uh, rising crime levels for the last 10 years. In fact, year-on-year increases in serious and violent crime. So clearly, the police are under tremendous amount of of pressure as far as the crime situation is concerned. And we can talk about that for a long time. Now, in addition to this, Mm -hmm. we find um, these these incidents of of, uh, sabotage, you know, many would, would refer to this, but the burning of trucks, the blocking of main uh, uh, road, uh, road, main road arteries uh, in, in, in um, what, what one could refer to as strategic areas. So clearly the police have been unable to provide the necessary visible presence on these, on these roads in spite of mm. uh, what the National Commissioner said that they knew beforehand. They had information that something of this kind is, mm. uh, was was going to happen. So clearly, the police are unable to provide the necessary visibility, the necessary sure. manpower to deal with this. So this makes sense then that the military are deployed by the president to support the police for a specific time period. Doctor, when we compare the uh, army, the military to uh, the police. Um, there are different, uh, and stop me if I'm incorrect, there are different methodologies, different procedures in their training and their orientation and their, uh, and their preparations to deal with, um, with, uh, well, criminal situations and conflict, uh, call it what you may. Um, the South African Defense Force now being deployed, uh, are they are they ready for this? Do are they capable of handling this uh, in a way that perhaps the police would handle it? Uh, I'm I'm just thinking in terms of haven't they got haven't they got different viewpoints as to how they go about you know like when they encounter people? If I can yeah, put yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. You ask the right questions and you highlight some of the concerns that many of us have expressed over mm-hmm. time. So the military. As a different, completely different mission. Yes. It's, it's only this one exception where they can be deployed in support of the police, uh, and only by the president and only for limited periods. And all right. of this needs to be, 
reported to Parliament and so forth. But what is worrying is when they are deployed in support of the police, and in spite of the fact that the Defence Act does give them all the powers that the police have uh, during uh, this period of, of deployment, mm-hmm. uh, um, with the exception of the, uh, the, the um, responsibility to investigate. So sure. apart from investigation, they have all the other powers of the police. But they, okay. and, and then another thing, the Defence Act has a provision that where they perform functions similar to the police, they must have prior, prior training uh, in order for them to perform those, those functions. So the conclusion one can make here is where they are deployed and they are not deployed to perform specific policing functions, then they right. would not require that, that, that kind of training. But there are differences, as you correctly pointed out, the type of firearms that they have. I mean, they are not issued with firearms uh, in the way that, that the police do. Exactly. They are uh, issued with <laughs> with rifles. Mm-hmm. And so on, they normally are deployed with uh, armored vehicles and, and other types of, of vehicles. And their training uh, certainly provides for the way in which they execute the military function, yes. which is different to the police function. So, yes, there are areas of concern. But you now have to balance this up, you know, where the police are unable. Mm-hmm. Uh, one will have to take, in a way, the risk of deploying the military uh, on condition that they are exactly. escorted or assisted, or at least that they are a police presence. You cannot right. have the military deployed all by themselves unless they have the kind of or, or have the kind of training that the defence act, sure, uh, sure. act requires. So yes, there are those differences, and there needs to be some provisions made to make up for those differences. Well, Doctor, we certainly hope uh, that uh, they've all heard you loud and clear as to what you've just said. I mean, I can just imagine coming across a roadblock. I mean, we are talking about crime, you know, checkpoints in general. And as you've mentioned, you've got these uh, military people in combat combat fatigue brandishing assault rifles as compared to police. And they probably, we fear that they look upon you as, a, shall we say, an enemy combatant as opposed to a civilian. Yeah, yeah, those those certainly are risks, and those are real risks, and and this is why you know it would be completely unacceptable in conditions such as mm. this, where the military acts all by themselves in terms of um, policing actions, sure. where they have not been issued with the uh, appropriate equipment, such as firearms, and not uh, uh, been given the necessary policing training to perform those policing functions, mm-hmm. they, they can only be deployed sure. where the police are um, um, present to assist them with the performance of the policing functions. So they can provide um, uh, a protection, you know, they have a protection role for the police to enable them to perform their uh, policing functions. They also act as a deterrent, of course, you know, where the military are deployed in numbers. You know, people might be more um, wary of of taking the kind of criminal actions that they might have considered 
Uh, if Indeed. they had only a limited number of police. Of course. Doctor, uh, doctor, s- doctor sorry, I'm going to have to cut you short there. As you mentioned, there's so much to go through during the course of our conversation, but we're going to have to cut uh, the conversation short there. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this afternoon just to shed a little light on the South African uh, Defence Force now being called upon to do the work of the South African police, given the levels of crime and the shortage of police, so to speak, in our country at the moment. Dr. Jan Berger, to correct myself earlier on, the private policing and crime consultant.